0: February 15th, 1969, a new issue of Rolling Stone magazine hits the streets. The cover story, The Groupies and Other Girls. A month later, Time magazine ran a piece about groupies. Later that year, journalists Jenny Fabian and Johnny Byrne wrote an autobiographical book on the subject called Groupie. In 1970, a documentary entitled Groupies was released. It's clear that groupies were on the mind of the collective consciousness in the late 60s and early 70s, but what is a groupie and why is a groupie? Quote, A groupie is a chick who hangs out with bands, and becoming a good one is not entirely a simple matter. Being a groupie is a full-time gig, sort of like being a musician. You have two or three girlfriends you hang out with, and you stay as high and as intellectually enlightened as a group of musicians. You've got to, if you're going to have anything to offer. Musicians should pay more attention to the good things they've got going for them. Groupies, I mean. After all, a groupie is a non-profit call girl, like a Japanese geisha in many ways, and a friend, and a housekeeper, and pretty much whatever the musician needs. Says... Henri, described by Rolling Stone writer Baron Woolman as a, quote, now-pregnant old-timer yenta of the San Francisco groupie circuit, end quote, when the cover story was published in 1969. Given Henri's description of the groupie and its prevalence in 60s culture, one might expect that it was a new type of person that was emerging in the era. However, Mary McCarthy wrote of similar girls in her semi-autobiographical novel, The Company She Keeps, published in 1942, though the term groupie was not specifically used. Many claim that the Rolling Stones bassist Bill Wyman coined the term groupie on the band's 1965 tour of Australia, but Wyman denies this, saying that he and the band had other code words for women. Wherever the word came from, and regardless of how far it spread in the popular culture, one would never expect a wholesome family band like the Carpenters to be singing about a groupie. But life is funny like that. Originally written by Bonnie Bramlett, Leon Russell, and Delaney Bramlett, today's song has its humble origins as the B-side for Delaney and Bonnie's single, "Comin' Home. The A side did reasonably well on the charts, hitting number 16 in the UK and number 84 in the US. But the B side didn't gain any traction despite featuring the backing vocals of Rita Coolidge and guitar work from world renowned racist and anti vaxxer Eric Clapton. On February 15th, 1971, two years after Rolling Stone magazine's groupie issue, Bette Midler sang the Forgotten B-Side on an episode of The Tonight Show with Johnny Carson. That episode was seen by none other than Richard Carpenter, who was convinced that his sister Karen could do a pretty solid job of it. Richard was right. Karen, reading the lyrics off a napkin her brother had written on, recorded the guide vocals for her backing band, composed of several members of the Wrecking Crew. The song was done in one take. Karen's guide vocals served as the one and only vocal recording. The Carpenters hit number two on the Billboard Hot 100, number one on the easy listening charts, and number 18 in the UK, charting in Australia and New Zealand as well. But how did the squeaky clean carpenters get away with singing a song about a horny little groupie? Easy. They took the word out of the title and changed a lyric from, quote, and I can hardly wait to sleep with you to, and I can hardly wait to be with you again. That's right, we're talking Groupie, bracket superstar by Delaney and Bonnie on Lover Me. Don't you remember to told me? right it's lover me the only podcast that compares famous love songs to their many cover versions to find out which version will play your sad guitar i'm your host as always the snake joined by my baby (laughs) (laughs) co-host
1: alex mildenberger
0: (laughs) hey it's alex mildenberger
2: i'm here um
0: i'm talking you're talking. You got, a, you got a warm bottle of milk. You're ready to record. Uh, yeah.
2: I got, like, hang on. I just got, got a drink from this this rubber nipple.
0: Yeah. Give, give us that rubber nipple sound effect. Um, oh, yeah. All right. Quality audio. Alex, it's Lover Me. I was thinking today. It sure is. There's a, few, there's a few thoughts we got to get out about Lover Me. But first, they say that like every episode of a podcast is somebody's first episode. Right and like half of our year is theme months with weird names at the top
2: that we don't necessarily explain
0: yeah we don't necessarily flesh out do you think that's
2: difficult for people <laughs> well i mean i have noticed other podcasts tend to go into more detail about the specifics of what they're actually doing at any point in time right um i mean so they seem to think it's a good idea
0: I feel like I could be wrong on this. And also, this is definitely the right forum to be doing this conversation is right on air. But like the only podcast that compares A to to B, the conclusion is natural. I feel I feel like it's an elevator pitch. That is a description of what we do sentence. And I do that every week. Mm hmm. But I, but there is, yeah, there is still like a, why is it called Lover Me now? I thought it said Cover Me. What do you mean it's Bowie Me? I thought it was Cover Me. What, what the hell is Entrepreneur Summer? What sum does Bowie this? Me even mean? What is, yeah, what does that mean? How does one get Bowieed These are the questions we have to ask. Now, Lover um, Me, I guess here, this is the first Lover Me episode, so we can we can go along in the explanation. We talk about love songs. Now, usually how we do this is we, we pull out the most, like, happy love songs we possibly can, and then Alex... Gives us a a little twist on the end, and we do one about divorce or cuckoldry or or something of that nature. Yeah, which
2: thus far has happened, but rarely been done on purpose.
0: Never planned, no. Yeah. So this year, I was like, well, let's just do all dark, sicko love songs. Like, sad slash, like, not happy slash, you know, not, yeah, not cheerful love songs. At least
2: unrequited.
0: Yeah, unrequited. And then you, you done twisted on me again. With your your final pick for the for the, the month, but wait, you guys will have to wait for the, the whole yeah, month to go by to we'll figure that to out. That. But hey, it's it's that time of year where we talk about love songs. Alex, my, I guess my first question is, can you feel the love tonight?
2: Can um, I'll let you know later. It is the middle of the day. Okay. Um. So but
0: love in the air. Can you feel it in your fingers? Can you feel it in your toes?
2: My toes—it's somewhere. I can kind of smell it, but I don't know I where it's coming it. from.
0: Hmm. Well, that is that is something to smell. What does it smell like, Alex?
2: Uh, it's hard to describe. Basic.
0: Basic, as opposed to acidic. Yeah. Okay. Perfect, Alex. Next thing, let's talk about. This is, in my mind, a pretty major song to talk about.
2: Yeah. Um, I. But not, like, because of the original necessarily, but also kind of. Yeah, because the original, I was,
0: I think I have heard about these two before and not really, like, clocked the name. But, uh, yeah, Delaney and Bonnie are kind of, like, big in the scene. Uh, Delaney Bramlett is credited with, let me see, is he taught, he, let's see. He taught, apparently taught how to sing. Everything he knows about singing is the yeah. quote. And he taught George Harrison of the Beatles how to play slide guitar. Yeah. Um, their backup singer was Rita Coolidge, who is big in her own right.
2: Yeah, she has a pawn song. Yeah,
0: and they had a, a band. They're a singer-songwriter duo of husband and wife, and their band sometimes had Dwayne and Greg Allman, the Allman Brothers, yeah. Eric Clapton, George Harrison, Leon Russell, who was one of the writers on this song, Bobby Whitlock, Dave Mason, Steve Howe, Rita Coolidge, and and King Curtis. Some of these are big names. Some of these are names I wrote down and said I'll look that up later. Yeah, I was I looking
2: at like a bunch of the guys who play on this song specifically. Mm-hmm. Um, went on to become like basically this song is Derek and the Dominoes, plus okay. Delaney and Bonnie and, and Rita Coolidge. Like and it's Coolidge, yeah. Jim Gordon, Carl Rattle, uh, Bobby Whitlock. They're like all, and of course, Eric Clapton. That's like Derek and the Dominoes, basically.
0: Right. So, and is this Jim can... Gordon before or after he was the police commissioner for Gotham City?
2: <laughs> no, Jim Gordon is like imprisoned for murder. Career. Oh shit. Yeah.
0: <laughs> wow. Yeah. Sometimes musicians murder people, and that's crazy to me. Yeah. Uh, let's let's switch to another guy who also shitty but not a murderer. What? Did he kill his son? Was it an accident? J- Eric Jim Clapton.
2: Gordon. Oh, Eric Clapton? Uh there's a story there. There's a story there for sure. Uh
0: Clapton, you big Clapton fan, Alex?
2: Um I've never been huge into Clapton. I mean, you know, Layla. Yeah, everybody loves
0: Layla. Another Rita Coolidge piece.
2: Oh yeah. Yeah. And uh but I was never like huge, you know, listened to a bit of Clapton back in the day, but not not really these days. Not just because of um being kind of, kind of a, kind of a jerk, let's say. Yeah. Uh, but uh, I don't know. I've never been huge into into Clapton.
0: No, yeah, I knew like cocaine. And I was like, ha, huh, this song is funny because it's about cocaine. Naturally, yeah. I knew Layla because I I do think that song is good. But yeah, I, I like people throughout my my up would look Eric Clapton, man. That's that's guitar, and I was like, I'm sure I'll I'll touch on that someday, and then people started turning on him. I was like, well, that's great. Now I never have to get into Eric Clapton. Yeah, and I don't have to worry about it. <laughs> it's, it's fantastic.
2: <laughs> yeah, I, he was, I, I remember he called, like, you know, he's been called one of the great guitar players of all time and he's been called, uh, or or I, I remember reading, it's like, um, Ian Anderson like, quit playing electric guitar because he said he would never be good as Eric Clapton. But I don't know, there's a lot of really good guitar players out there and like, I, I just don't see it In Eric Clapton. I don't know. Yeah. I've I've just never been able to appreciate that.
0: Yeah, it's never like struck me. I've never been like, this is this specific style of Clapton guitar playing is something I need to pursue more of. Mm hmm. I'm pretty easy to please. Maybe I just, I don't know. Eric Clapton. What's weird about this song though is that it shows up as like a bonus track on the deluxe edition of the self titled Eric Clapton album in 2006. Like the original version, Groupie Brackets Superstar. Oh, that is weird. Because it is like such a deep cut. And yeah, like Eric Clapton has lead guitar credits. So he's like, I better put this on <laughs> this album. Yeah. And
2: then, like he did.
0: He you did sure play did. that guitar. He did play that guitar, that sad guitar. Alex,
3: did you know this song before this week? Did you like this song? What do you think about this song? It's a cool song. I kind of like the old style. I, t- um, I like... Um, how do I describe this um,
2: I feel like this song to me is just like that melody on the chorus mm. like in many ways like that's what has always stuck with me and like when you told me the song I was like I don't know the song groupie superstar and you're like oh you do yeah. like, you'll recognize it and I'm like, yeah I did so like that's the that's the big part of it for me
0: yeah, I'd that's say that's fair. It's, I think it's really interesting. Like, I like this song coming into it this week. I liked it more in life when I found a version that wasn't by the Carpenters. Yeah. Um, I found the Sonic Youth version, and I was like, oh, this song's cool now. <laughs> I can listen to this. Uh, yes. But... Going through it this week and seeing if one I had to cut this down, and there's so many fucking covers of this, mm-hmm. but seeing the, the very distinct takes people will do with this and what they draw out of what is lyrically pretty simple, but I think conceptually pretty strong, given people's I- idea, idea of like what a groupie is.
2: Yeah, and not even necessarily addressing the idea of a groupie Mm mm-hmm you know like the song itself is called groupie but they don't say groupie in the song the the things expressed by the song i think aren't limited to the concept of groupie
0: no it's more about like naive love in some way and like it it plays so strongly and even yeah removing those elements completely as the carpenters do they sand off even the concept of sex they're like we can't even we can't have that yeah in a Carpenters song.
2: Or the Carpenters.
0: Or, or the Carpenters, damn it. Yeah, I think it, this, song's got some, this song's got some real legs to it. I think people will go far with it. No, it's a, it's a, I think it's a pretty great song. Um, let's talk about these lyrics, though. Alex. Let's get into it. Yeah. Because like 50% of the words in this song are baby.
2: Are baby, yeah. Which almost, I mean, it's such a long time ago. I'm like, would that have been a joke? You say baby so much because it's a pop song? Like, yeah, I, and also- I have also, no idea
0: your, your narrator standpoint, this is a character. Like, this is very clearly not Delaney or Bonnie True. doing this. I, I read somewhere it didn't seem to have, like, a supporting quote, but they said Rita Coolidge came up with the concept. Well, who knows?
2: Yeah, it says came up with the concept, so what does that even mean? Because she's not given writing credit. Yeah, she's not given
0: rights. So was she just like, you guys ever notice groupies? And they're like...
2: They're like, we should write a song about There's that. There's a song like,
0: there.
3: Thank you, Rita Coolidge.
2: <laughs> yeah, so it's really unclear.
3: Yeah. Yeah, it is. Here are the lyrics, though. They begin
0: like this. Long ago and oh so far away, I fell in love with you before the second
3: show. Let's just talk about that. Yeah, okay. It was a long time ago. It was in a faraway place, either emotionally or physically. Alex, what is the second show? Is that... I'm trying to work through it.
2: Is it like they weren't... If she, fe- they, The... the- they fell in love with the person like before they had even oh like really early in their themselves. career. Yeah,, or, like the second show on the tour, but like w- were they following the the band already?
0: Yeah, it is unclear. So I could see it as like, I, I fell in love with you before you even played your second show, like overall, and that's like, I was there at the beginning, dog. I was there at the start.
2: Yeah, I've always. Loved you, I guess. Yeah, pretty much. Or,
0: and that's probably the most like strongly supported in terms of like the song's concept. Because otherwise, it's like I, I I I liked you the first time I saw you, but between that and the second time I yeah. saw you, I fell in love. Like, cool, sure. I guess.
2: Yeah, a little more complicated to express.
0: <laughs> yeah. And then we get the the second half of this verse, which holds the twist. The twist of the song. Your guitar, it sounds so sweet and clear, but you're not really here. It's just the radio.
2: It's just the radio. Yeah. So like, there's a clear divide between them, right? Yeah. Um. This is called groupie. I guess they were actually physically together at one point. Um, yes. But clearly, they talk about the show, and if it's a show, like you're just watching the show, and then the radio. Obviously, there's no physical interaction when you're listening to a radio. Hmm. But you know, it's the memories.
0: It's the memories. Yeah, and there is like. This concept, because there's people, of course, have all their different, like, separate, their classification of groupies, and some of them are what, what they call, like, road wives who are with you the whole way, and they're, they're, like, they're just following you on the tour, and they take care of your fucking social schedule and your wardrobe and shit, and also you sleep with them, because the doy. Uh, but there's also just ones who are, like, there for the one show, and they're, like, I'm gonna bone down tonight, and then right. it's, like, see ya.
2: They just try to get backstage or whatever, and then mm-hmm. it's over.
0: And it's over. So that, that might be what this scenario is. Is more the second one where it was, like, one time she went to the show, slept with this guitarist,
3: and then he left. And then she's sad about it. She doesn't
2: seem to be following them. No. Right? Like, clearly is just in the same place as, as before. Um... But you know, we'll get more into that. We'll get more into
0: that. But you're not really here, it's just a race. So she's still listening to their music. She can still she can still in some way experience this person, although it's it's not in the way that she did that one fateful night or whatever it was, that one fateful tour leg. However yeah. long the relationship went on. Yeah. Boom, the chorus. Don't you remember you told me you loved me, baby? You said you'd be coming back this way again. Baby. Baby, 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 baby. Oh baby, baby. I love baby, you. Baby. I really do.
2: Oh baby 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 <laughs> baby, yeah. I mean it's that. I mean that's the thing. Don't you remember you told me you love me, baby? Except I didn't even sing <laughs> the original version <laughs> really. Um, and then the sort of suggestion they've been brushed off. You said
3: you'd be coming back again. They're this way again. Um,
2: but they haven't seen them again because presumably they don't want to be seen
0: yeah they they li- i can't imagine writing off a whole it must have been like a small town if they were like no nah, i'm not coming back there
2: <laughs> i'm never going back to chicago again
0: <laughs> you can't just write that off that's a huge fan base no
2: yeah. told this girl is gonna be back there and I, i'm not i'm not doing that <laughs> not doing it not doing it um the other thing about this song in terms of like the power dynamics it expresses mm-hmm. I feel like now I'm worried I'm going to be talking about something I don't know about. In terms of like how people would have thought of a groupie I wonder if at the time it was more of a general air of of like this is just rock stars taking advantage of young women. Oh no for sure. Or if it's like not I gotta think my words through before I speak them sometimes. Um, the, or if they look I mean, I, I think there was some level of like looking at looking at the women with derision because usually that's how things go. For sure, yeah. Well one, so these like, women were
0: given this uh, the sexual story to them as well, right? Yeah. So women having sex was already like how dare you do that for pleasure mm. in the year of our Lord, the nineteen
3: sixties. Yeah, and so th- Yeah. Also so this young. This feels a little
2: more like sympathetic to the groupie mm-hmm. than maybe and other others would be.
0: Yeah, it's like it's ultimately about believing in love, yeah. and then like having to face the reality of that, and that this person who said they loved you is not coming back. Mm-hmm. And yeah, so you're right. The groupie kind of looked down upon by maybe society at large. Um, thought of as naive in a lot of ways because they're like, I am going to attach myself to a rock star, and that will be good for me. Not you know, not being aware of that own po- that power dynamic that they're playing into, where they do not really have the power in that relationship.
2: Yeah, and obviously, in many cases, including this one, can't like follow. You know, the person can just leave and be not there very easily.
0: Yeah, exactly. And so, yeah, she's left with the one night of something that that felt very real to her and she's just got the aftermath of being able to hear this dude's songs on the radios it's like very sad yeah <laughs> Yeah, don't you remember he told me lemon baby he said come to it's ah it's betrayal it's sad
2: <laughs> yeah i mean even more so and i mean it, it usually, literally uses the word sad yes coming to words. verse
0: 2 loneliness is such a sad affair there you go and i can hardly wait to sleep with you again in the Carpenter's version, it's I Can Hardly Wait to Be With You Again.
2: Yeah. They don't have the correct lyric and Genius. No, they don't.
0: Um, but yeah, even that, that's interesting. That does soften it. I think that is a change that like is actually maybe for the better in the song's overall composition. I Can Hardly Wait to Sleep With You almost seems like a dig at groupies. It's like, oh, they're just about fucking... Right. But with I Can Hardly Wait to Be With You Again, we get a little bit more softness, a little bit more emotional.
2: Neat. More like just about the love thing. It becomes, mm-hmm. I think, more universal in that case.
0: Yeah, that's, that's why we're able to shave off Groupie in that Carpenter's version. Yeah.
2: And it makes sense, and yeah, it's probably more relatable.
0: Mm-hmm. Now, what to say to make you come again? But that's the hit that will come out. Come back again and play your sad guitar. I do wonder if there's a double entendre in the original on Sleep With You Again and what to say to make you come again.
2: You can come again. I mean, uh, very possibly. Yeah. But that's the thing about the double entendre. Is, uh, mm-hmm.
0: Sometimes you can only.
2: You can drop a one of them. You can drop yep. one of them, right? Exactly. And it might still kind of work. Or it should still make
0: sense. Should still make sense. Because, yeah, ultimately she's saying, like, what can I say? I don't know who she's going to say it to. What, you can call them? Write a letter?
2: Yeah, wh- whatever they did in, in the late 60s. Yeah,
0: to make you come again, they come back and again, and play your sad guitar.
2: Yeah. And uh, the sad guitar is mm-hmm. an interesting part. Because, um, obviously, the song is sad, as we said. That's mm-hmm. the second time she said sad in this verse, in fact. Yes. Um, but why the sad guitar specifically is, is that just like, because sad is kind of often used interchangeably with like emotional or, or is it something like sometimes when you feel sad, you want to listen to sad music?
0: Yeah. And maybe that's part of her like initial connection to the, the, this musician is like, oh, he's sad like me. I can tell from the guitar. Uh, also, it would be really weird if she's like, come back and play your ripping guitar solos. <laughs>
2: play some ripping guitar.
0: Come back and play your heavy metal. It's like, all right, yeah. <laughs> Let's
2: have a party and a dance. So yeah, but I, I think
0: it's maybe a bit of like, almost like pathetic fallacy, but placed onto an instrument rather
3: than the weather.
2: Uh, yeah, it's like, yeah, I I think when you, yeah, really. Re- relating to the person i think that makes
0: sense yeah i think that's like their initial core connection point they're like oh my god he's sad like i'm sad we emotionally yeah. connect boom we or, physically yeah. connect or she's and then...
2: perhaps projecting her own feelings onto exactly general thing but like it all fits it makes sense it's kind yeah. of thing we do all the time like ah, oh, this sense. song was written for me and it's like not really you're definitely doing part of the work yeah but with your with the interpretation but uh that's valid
0: yeah and even at a show like, uh, like uh, Greta was just talking to me about this the other day she's like you know when you go to a show and you're like wow this is like just for me <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> and it's like yeah we have that sort of like dumb idea in our heads that paints our reality where it's
2: like this is all for me yeah. baby where somehow it can feel personal even though you're in a literal yeah, you're room you're in a of
0: massive people. room yeah full of people um, then you get the chorus again and that's that's really it you get the I love you I really do at the end that's the same as the first chorus
2: Mm-hmm.
3: lots of babies that's the song buddy Baby. that's it yeah,
2: two fairly short verses
3: two fairly short verses
0: and yet I think like it's it's solid like it's solidly built in that in that tiny amount of space sometimes you get a song where it's like two verses doesn't do much
2: it's like this... really the two verses are saying the same thing but this is not really you know we've got we've got the introduction of the story and then like an expression of their wish for the future kind of
0: thing. Yeah, exactly. Like, here's what happened. Here's what I, I'm trying to do. Like, this is the hurdle I'm trying to overcome. I'm lonely. I want to be with you again. What can I do to get you and your guitar back?
2: Yeah, so it works. It
0: works. It's a Makes solid bass. Makes now, sense. Now, what is, what is the original sound it's like? Because it sounds a lot different from versions that most people have probably heard.
2: It does sound quite a bit different, and I mean, a lot of that is um Eric Clapton's guitar. Yes. It's very like bluesy.
0: Yeah, he's kind of doing licks in between the like the two
3: lines. She'll do a couplet. or actually it's between each line, it's not even the couplets.:
2: Yeah, it's got more of
1: Ski wheel. A...
2: I mean, I would almost compare it to like the band. Yeah, sure, yeah. yeah. in like the way it's composed. In that it feels somewhat freeform, but probably isn't. And mm-hmm. like, I, I'm interested in the playing style, but don't really understand it. Right. Particularly on the piano, because that's, you know. That's my yeah, experience. and it is like,
0: it's like vocals first. Like, we pop in with vocals long ago, and then you got, yeah, kind of a loose supporting rhythm piano. It's doing like licks, and but also just mostly laying down a rhythm. You've got a steady drum beat. You've got blues licks from the guitar.
2: Yeah, the drum beat also, like, fairly quick. Like the, yes. Or, or the, it's like 16th note um, subdivisions. Yeah, in my school so halls. Yeah, it's really going there. Um, I was trying to, it felt kind of like 2-2 two, two time to me, but that's, like, not very different from 4-4. Four, four. Right. So, And I'm no expert, for sure, but it, it kind of felt cut. Yeah, it's certainly like I can say it just
0: sounds distinct from being a standard four-four rhythm, but I can't way. really
2: like. Yeah, I don't explain that beyond the, the feeling that well, but that's how it felt to me. Um, though none of the sheet music I looked up had it in that time; it was all four-four. Okay. So
3: I don't know. Um, the chorus is also hugely different.
0: Than the other version, it's very funny to talk about the original as being hugely different.
2: Yeah, it
3: is. (laughs)
0: It's the original, but it is quite different. But it is. uh,
2: I mean, this is where we get Rita Coolidge coming in, and like also Delaney, presumably. Yes. Um, and that they're like the backup vocals, and the backup vocals sing the chorus. Yeah. And then, and then we got Bonnie doing like ad 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 libs and stuff.
1: You told me, etc. Yeah,
2: it's.
3: It's almost more in the
0: line of like, kind of like Motown slash like gospel tunes like, the way yeah, she like gets to rip on this.
2: Stuff. Oh, she was um, I believe an Iket. Oh! She was in, I think, I, that would, I read that when it checks out to me. She was the first white Iket.
3: The white cat.
2: <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Saying Iket is weird. Yeah. I don't know. Of the Iket, just to be clear. Uh, yes. Of, as in Ike Ike and Ike Turner, I guess. Ike and Tina Turner.
0: Yeah, Ike and Tina Turner.
2: The Ike Um where are we? Yeah, where the chorus. Are we? The uh, chorus. There's horns too, right? They yeah, got like horns a lead you in. Saxophone. in there. Yeah. So it's not like a, a, a an orchestra or anything.
0: Mm-hmm. It plays more into that like blues like vein of yeah. horns.
2: Blues are even like jazz bands.
0: Jazz, yeah, for sure. Never jazzy though. No. To my ears, but a little bit of that moodiness you might get in jazz,
2: mm-hmm. or, or blues, yeah, or blues, blues. exactly. Um, there's a once again to the next verse. There, violin. Yes, I, I don't hear a credit violin, or I don't see I don't a, see a credit for violin. I also don't see a credit for, for piano. Keys.
0: Yeah, there's organ,
2: organ. So I'm assuming Bobby Whitlock is also playing the piano, but that I don't would
0: be know. a good guess, right? Um, and just, of course, those liner notes you know. we're looking at are from that 2006 deluxe edition of the Eric Clapton album.
2: Oh, and know how years later, years later, who played the keys? Was it Bobby Keys? No, he played the saxophone. (laughs) It was Ah. probably Jimmy Page. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, no, I heard it was Jeff Beck. (laughs) Is is it Jeff Beck on this? Rest in peace. Everyone says it was Jeff Beck, but I'm pretty sure it was actually Bobby Keys.
0: Um, Bobby Keys is a hell of a name to be playing tenor sax with. Tenor
2: sax, yeah. Does saxophone technically have keys on it? It's called keys. I mean, you can play in keys, but like, because saxophone has like a lot of like machinery. Right.
0: Knobs and buttons. Levers. Steam release valves.
2: Steam release valves. I mean, if you're playing hot enough. (laughs) It's one big steam release. So yeah, but, there's a violin. Yeah. I, I thought maybe for a second it could be like the organ, but it does sound very stringy.
0: hmm No, it is very string sounding. And we're not, we're not, we're far from synth there at this point. It's 1969. Yeah,
2: but organs can kind of sometimes, if you play them up high, and okay. there's a lot of uh, stuff you can switch around. And it's 69, so like, there are synthesizers, but you need a room for them. Yeah, I'm pretty sure. I don't remember when the Minimoog first came out, but The smaller ones, anyway.
0: Um, and that's that verse. That's that verse. You also get backing vocals on that second verse for certain lines. They
2: hit, yeah, and then they also like come in earlier, like when they get to that chorus, yeah, they come in on the baby, 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 yeah, like the other line. So, yeah,
0: they do. So, it is a bigger second chorus,
2: yeah, which I was a little upset with. with genius, because they just like had everything wrong.
0: Yeah, it's it sucks when genius is like, yeah, the Delaney like, and yeah, Bonnie version is the, same just as the, the carpenters. carpenters version, right? You're like,
2: you're like, no, it's mm-hmm. not.
0: Like, I get it if it's some obscure like reggae cover where they change all the words around, and you're like, okay, this is hard to find online. Oh, I'm hey, are we talking uh, about that next week? <laughs> yeah, we're talking about that <laughs> <laughs> next week. But if next, it's yeah. tomorrow for us, next week yeah, for listeners. For but when you have that. Like the original version, not correctly annotated on Genius, it's a little embarrassing. I think, yeah, especially when the change is like not that big a difference. Like it's, come on, guys.
2: Yeah, it's like an extra line here, or there, or a yeah. word.
0: Yeah, exactly. Yeah, like her ad lib should be in there. You really told me. I remember you told me, uh, baby, 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 baby. Like it all should be there, but it's not. Um, yeah, but that's that's really it, and we fade out. It's it is like a solid blues tinged piece there's a little of like something else in there because you got like that violin that organ like it's not jazz it's not big band but it's like blues plus or something i don't yeah, know yeah
2: well i mean i i mentioned the comparison to the band right that gets called roots rock and roots rock is like a combination of a bunch of stuff And that like i would take rock yeah there. and like folk, blues, country. It's like, yeah, okay, that sounds right. Yeah,
0: and those all yeah, are I like from the that. same primordial ooze of music. So it's like, yeah, yeah, I guess like it's roots rock.
2: Yeah, and it's the late 60s. Uh, it's just a lot of stuff going on, you know. I mean, they're associated with the band. I think they toured with the band for a while as well.
0: Yeah, that would not surprise me. They have me. a lot of friends. They have a ton of friends. Yeah. In fact, yeah. this
2: group was called Delaney and Bonnie and Friends, I think. And
0: Friends, that's correct. Yes.
2: Yeah. So There you go. There
0: you have it. Um, that's the original version. Uh, coming up next is the the first big cover because apparently Bette Midler doesn't have an official release until seventy two.
2: Yeah, I forgot to watch the like special. Oh, definitely
0: watch the Carpenters special, like the. Oh,
2: that was the Burt Bacharach special. That oh, I the Bert, to watch. Burt Bacharach. Bette Midler. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> Bacharach. Although she mostly just sits in a room. Okay. But you lid. did
0: watch the Carpenters' like music video performance, yeah, right? Yeah, I did. Okay, because that's also important for the Sonic Youth. We'll get to that. Right now, we're talking about the best-known version, the Carpenters in 1971.
1: Don't you
2: Yeah, the Carpenters. And we just talked about the Carpenters on Dancing in the Street. That's right. That um, was yeah. And I mean this is like the Carpenters have a sound, right? And they like for this sure fits do. in with that. Like it's very
3: It's like, like the song, sound like of it's music. So, it's
2: easy listening, right? Yeah. yeah the sound of music, like the, the vocals are clear and, and it's not too like harsh at any point. Um yeah, they're on those easily easy listening charts. Their, but they were really, really popular in their day.
0: Massively popular, and they they cover songs. Apparently, they covered like a bank jingle. I can't remember which one that was, but
2: bank jingle.
0: Yeah, but that's like also a hit. It's called like uh. Oh. Let me see here. I cannot remember the name of it, but it was coming up with this because they were just talking about how great the fucking carpenters are. Um, no, I can't see it here. But there is they. So they do these. They did just like whatever Richard Carpenter wanted them to do. Apparently, he was a very controlling figure. So I've heard, um, and then you've got Karen Carpenter on this with a guide vocal track. She she knocks this out. Um, David Hepworth, I don't know who that is, but he says even with only half her mind on the job, she delivered a perfect performance. The guide vocals never needed to be replaced. <laughs> um, yeah, I don't like the Carpenters, but I also respect what they have. Like I think like Richard Carpenter has pretty good arrangements and. Karen Carpenter has a pretty solid voice for the most part, but they are, to quote, maybe I should pull up this quote from uh, from Kim Gordon of Sonic Youth, but she says, da, 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 da. but at the same time, she says, and I'll read the rest of this quote later, was there any band ever more white-bred than the Carpenters?
3: The
2: Carpenters. Yeah, I mean, that's kind of, that's,
3: yeah, that's their um... That's their
0: vibe, man. they vibe. They're, they're yeah. a white bread, like, all-American, like, music and very, band.
2: And then <sighs> some of their later stuff when they try to go like they're like, let's do this rock steady song or whatever. It like mm-hmm. doesn't really work.
3: Right. Yeah. yeah I, I believe that.
0: So we get so. like big orchestral opening on this.
1: <laughs> I say big. Yeah. It's
0: more like just has some orchestral elements.
2: <laughs> Moved on to like the woodwinds. Yeah. It feels pretty big later on because they have like a harp yes and then we get like some strings and horns in later yeah even the way we tuck
0: into the the bass line on this which comes in at about like 23
2: seconds that
0: is like big while being soft
2: yeah yeah very soft very soft because it's still i mean they still keep it like as much as it is bigger like it it has that has a personal feeling Mm -hmm. you know it, it keeps the like mood. And uh, possibly even more consistently, because the original one they kind of get up on the vocals a bit, but this one yeah, they get some really ripping energy. Like the
0: this, yeah, this one sticks to the dourness, which I think maybe plays to the the lyrics a little better.
2: And of course, uh, a lot of the like the blues licks and a lot of the piano stuff gone. It's a very mm-hmm. different sounding one. Um, there's still piano. It's Richard Carpenter. It's actually credited with both Wurlitzer and Rhodes organ. On one this. in
0: each hand, baby.
2: Yeah, one in each hand. I mean, honestly, could be. <laughs> could be. <laughs> um, although it doesn't look like that in the video. But that doesn't necessarily mean anything.
0: Yeah, it doesn't mean much. But, but yeah, we replace like blues licks for like rich strings and things. It's it's all about Richard himself is about rich arrangements. He likes mm-hmm. to give you something to tuck into. <laughs>
2: it's right in his name. It's right in his name. Um, although we watched that video for the last one where he was called like Rick Carpenter. That's right. I can't believe they didn't call him Dick Carpenter. Dick Carpenter. Dick Carpenter's whatever band. Um, the rhythm also feels very different because mm-hmm. I, I mentioned the original has like sixteenth notes um, uh, subdivisions primarily on those drums. They're really going, but this one slows it down to four. Yeah. Or eight. But it also like it's got this like kind of accent. Picking, yeah, yeah. It's like That's a very.
0: It's stripped down, but it still has some of that like momentum to it. But it's it is like a, <laughs> like, a <laughs> <laughs> like there's just these certain emphasized notes, and you don't hear much else. The bass is also simplified down. It's
3: just this dum 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 dum.
2: Yeah. Did you say that the the um. Musicians on this were, like, wrecking crew musicians? Yeah, that is what it said. Yeah, so that's, I mean, well-regarded. He's just mm-hmm. talented guys. I, I know that Bones. for sure
0: for the guy Joe Osborne on bass drums, or uh, bass guitar here, and Hal Blaine on drums, because they both have links in their names. Earl Dummler, the oboe player? I'm not 100% as a wrecking crew guy. <laughs> I don't know say. how often they're bringing out the oboe, man.
2: <laughs> I feel like if anyone's going to bring out the oboe. Um... I mean, yeah, the Carpenters
0: are bringing the oboe guy, obviously. Playing but in terms of guy. like the Wrecking Crew, who did like like hundreds of pop tracks, it's yeah. like how yeah, many of those at oboe. In a while, they
2: need an oboe guy, but not yeah. all the time.
0: <laughs> he's like the Wrecking Crew supervisor. He's he's sometimes yeah. there. He's at a distance, making sure everything's you know up to code. <laughs>
2: <laughs> Playing the oboe sometimes. So, sometimes um, jumping in on oboe. <laughs> so of course, Karen Carpenter vocals. I mean, she has a. I think recognizable voice. It's very yes. like clear. Um and uh, most of the time like soft, you know. Yes. That was some that was the thing we talked about with dancing in the street was like it doesn't really have a bite.
0: No, I think I called Dead her times. a lifeless doll. <gasps> <Yeah>.
2: <laughs> <laughs> that sounds that sounds right.
0: And like okay. doesn't play well for dancing in the streets. Plays a lot better for plays superstar. Plays a lot better <laughs> for this,
2: you know. Uh, especially with this with the like I'm going to say dour again, mm-hmm. uh, dour mood. Um, yeah, it fits in. It gets this like real like sense of longing in her mm-hmm. voice. And it definitely works for this song.
0: Yeah. Particularly because we hit that chorus and it is actually much. It's very big. We got the horns
2: going.
0: She's gone up. The drums are a little louder.
2: They are. And it feels, I mean, the rest of it is so smooth. Mm-hmm. You know, once it gets to the chorus it's, it's not like crunchy or anything but it does feel a little more broken up like a, you get the on the drums yeah. Um, and oh the other thing leading into that that really low piano note yes just want to point that out because it nice. does come back later um, and yeah it, it doesn't change that much but it does you know morph from that really really smooth low thing where she's kind of like now really feels like she's um like shouting into the, no- into
0: nothing, into nothing. Yeah. This is a very like soliloquy style song where she's you oh, know, monologuing to herself. Really? Yeah. And what that, what that big upramp does, the dun- 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 dun, a big louder drum, she's singing louder, allows her to get this big punch in by pulling those away at the end of the chorus and hitting that. I love you. I really do with like all of that sadness and smallness just packed in there. Like, that's the Just move. Just completely
2: deflates at the end. hmm <sighs> Yeah. There's one other thing mm-hmm. that I think is significant, and that is the way the melody is sung. Yes. It's a little different. It's not a lot different. Not a lot. But notably, the first word is lo- a bit longer in the Carpenter's version, mm. and uh, that gets... That's in most of the covers. Don't well.
0: you remember you told me? Yeah, let me see. Yeah, so
2: if you compare the beginning of Delaney and Bonnie, um, that chorus. Don't
3: you remember? It's oh, very yeah. similar. It's, it's similar, but different.
0: It's like the emphasis on the, the Delaney and Bonnie one is on the U. Don't you Ooh, remember? Don't you
2: remember? Versus don't you remember? Yeah. Yeah, so it is very similar. But the Carpenter's version is distinct, and it is what is done in most of the covers going forward.
0: hmm And,
2: yeah, even that just small change, like,
0: makes it easier for people to sing, I think, like, for your average schmucks that, like you I and think me. just
2: also feels kind of smooth. And I talked yeah. about how the, the melody of that part is the part that I remember. That sticks, yeah. And... That's the version that sticks in my head. I always have to listen. Like, I know they're different, but why is it like mm-hmm. What's different about it? I got to listen to the Delaney Bonnie version. Like, oh, yeah. It's don't you remember? Don't you remember?
0: Yeah. And like the other thing is like the, the Delaney Bonnie has that looseness of like blues, whereas this one in its rigidity has like a more solid form. Mm-hmm. It's like, here's when this comes in. Boom. We're, we're pulling the strings to bridge us to the next verse. Like everything is a little bit more distinct. I remember think- what horns sound like. I remember <laughs> what these things sound like. I don't remember the Eric Clapton guitar licks.
2: Like, yeah, I, don't I don't remember, remember them. I do the Eric Clapton guitar licks. Do you think that adds to the sadness in some way? Do I think, think it
0: gives us a sense of motion, right? This, there's something a bit theater about this piece, which I think will get mm-hmm. clocked up even more in the Bette Midler version when we talk about it.
2: Oh, but yeah.
0: we get this, like, like even talking about that ramp up in the chorus, we get her remembering love and like remembering, like, rem- you told me you love me. And she's like excited by that. She's recalling when she was told that she was loved by the guitarist and then deflates when she's like, damn, I really do love you. Like, it's that itself is like an emotional arc where, so yeah. Like, you-
2: yeah. Like admitting to yourself that that's the case and like realizing, uh oh. <laughs> well, not uh oh, but. Yeah, I've been about because oh, you're like
0: because from that we we branch into damn loneliness sucks. <laughs> it's like true. You, you pull yeah. back to the present. You're like, well, here I am. This is not great. So yeah, I think that distinction with the music does make for a stronger emotional piece. I still think the Delaney Body version's good, but yeah, I hate to be praising would, the Carpenters this much.
2: <laughs> <some> <laughs> so. kind of, it does it does focus more on like that specific feeling. Mm-hmm. Zeroes in on it. Um. Yeah. You get backing
0: vocals on the second uh, verse, similar to the original, but much more like choir esque, more sound of music esque.
3: It's more. It feels more like organized kind of. Yeah, of course. Like the
2: rest of the song. Yeah. And I think even uh, Richard might be on those backup.
3: Damn,
0: Richard, big dick himself. Yeah, oh, it's back th- vocals. I might be
2: thinking of, is he, he's credited? Okay, good. Yeah. I thought I had it mixed up because like Delaney's on the back of vocals. Right. Original, so.
0: Yeah. Also, to go from one type of family, a husband and wife duo, to then a, a brother and sister brother and duo. Sister. It's family bands, man. What the
1: hell? Yeah.
2: Family bands. Although they uh, weren't married for that long.
0: Oh,
1: great.
3: yeah.
2: They were for this song Delaney and Bonnie, that is.
3: That is, yeah. Um, but yeah, that's the
0: big thing. Is we get the chorus again, it's bigger. You get the strings, you get the horns. Everything's big, blasting.
2: Blasting everywhere. Uh, Yeah. Anyways, I start blasting. That's like a short instrumental bit between the... The end of the...
0: Yeah, this little instrumental bridge that is, uh... It's really just like the intro bit. That... Mm -hmm.
2: And that happens right in the middle. Yeah, it happens for our
0: ending too. We get this kind of like ominous, sad music arrangement that that peters out.
2: Yeah, they get like fairly big right at the end. Yeah, with everything and like there's the tambourine going, which is on the choruses. Mm-hmm. Um, but then yeah, it like really, like you said, or like we said, it like deflates at the end, which they like really play up on the very at the very end, and then that's the end of the song. Yeah. Um, and I I would compare it to
3: like
2: songs in old movies
3: but it has a feel of cinema to it, has a, too, it
2: has doesn't a feel, it which I, I might just be like a big band feeling or something
0: yeah but I picture like the red curtains like pulling back onto the the, the screen like your typical like old screen right. like it has that fucking old cinema feel to it
2: yeah
0: I say sound of music because that's like the only old cinema I can think of that also say by of right of its name has music in it
2: <laughs> Yeah, definitely one of the music ones.
0: Definitely, for sure,
2: that one <laughs> at least. Yeah. Um, you know what else
0: has music is videos sometimes. Yeah. And The Carpenters have. I imagine it's like a, like a TV show performance. They did or do
2: a number of TV specials.
0: Yeah, we even talked about their one in Dancing in the Street.
2: Uh, yeah, I w- I'm back. not sure which one this is from though. No, it didn't say in the description here, and it's, it's it says music video of Carpenters' from superstar. Well, it says copyright 1985, but that would not be possible because I think Karen Carpenter had passed away by
0: 1985. Hmm. Yeah, I but, don't know enough about her to know that. Yeah. But I know this. This video, wherever its origin, is, like, recognizably official because it's referenced directly in a later video. The only other video we're going to talk about today. Um, and it opens up with, like, a, a painting. So it looks like it's from some fucking variety show because you see... This group fade out on the painting frame, and then it becomes the Carpenters.
2: Right. It looks like, oh, we're in another scene, and now we need to transition. Yeah. To this one. Yeah, that's what it looks like.
0: This is your big red theater room, like a red stage with red curtains on the back. Yeah. Everybody's dressed up as like a a very formal-looking band. Uh, Karen Carpenter approaches the microphone and begins to sing. That's pretty much the music video.
2: <laughs> That's pretty much the music video. Like, there's not enough instruments, as often happens in music videos. Yeah. Ooh, someone's got a shaker. Thing. Wait, is her
3: microphone golden? No. Okay. It's just the light. Let me making it look a little yellowy.
2: I think so. I think okay. it's, like, silver. Okay. I don't know what th- that's an interesting looking mic though.
0: It is interesting. And, the, and then this comes up in the next music video we're going to talk about, because it also is maybe just a powerful light or a golden microphone, and I'm fucked up on both ends. Like I don't I don't know what. <laughs> yeah, it
2: could just be a silver one and like an orange or yellow. You know what it
0: is, is? Silver. The lights change color a bit. That's a silver mic. <laughs> okay. But yeah, she's in this like red dress or like purpley red. She's singing. We get close ups of the band members. It's a pretty standard like music video for the time
2: yeah it just kind of cuts between the different ones and does like fades
0: yeah oh hey you see that guy so, working that that tambourine shaker at around like three fifteen?
2: oh yeah yeah you do yeah, get it brother get yeah and like that's kind of the that's the video they got a lot of lights on them but yeah like it's still kind of dark
0: still dark and they're on a stage they're on a stage. That's, it's really not an interesting music video, and I wouldn't bring it up if the later music video wasn't a clear, direct reference to it. hmm But here we are. Um, moving on, though, Alex, we've got to talk about Bette Midler in 1972.
1: Don't you remember you told me you love the baby?
0: Talk about Bet. We talked about her before, right? I swear she's come up. I can't
2: remember. I don't remember I feel for like we what. Because, like, her name is Bet, but, like, she's named after Betty Davis, who spells her name the same way we pronounce her name Betty. Betty, huh? Okay. But she's always called, I don't know, man. I feel like that's come up, but, uh,
0: yeah, I don't know I don't remember. I, I seem to recall her being pretty good. She's an American singer, actress, comedian, author. She's she's done it all. She's an entertainer.
2: Yeah, I don't think she has an egot, but like she's been nominated for all yeah. of those. Um, so.
0: what's what I found interesting? I was just glancing at her Wikipedia page, and it says she rose to prominence in the '70s as a singer in the Continental Baths, which is a gay bathhouse in New York City. Uh,
2: Hang on. I'm going to search her page for gay
0: icon. Because she may well be a gay icon. Also, but how many careers start in a bathhouse of any kind, gay or otherwise?
2: <laughs> yeah, since like Roman times, <laughs> uncommon. Yeah. Uncommon. And,
0: and like, what is the setup that she's performing while, like, it's, it's, conf- I have many questions, Alex, about the setups of music,
3: live music performances in bathhouse.
2: Yes. Yeah. Gay bathhouse. Also known as a sauna or a steam bath. So wait, all saunas or steam baths are gay now? Is that it? Well, I it says gay sauna and gay steam oh, bath. Oh, okay. I, that part.
3: <laughs> um, I don't know, man.
2: I have I no know. idea what the performance situation in these bathhouses is. And to raise to prominence through it, and like that yeah, be like raising. She to must prominence. be good, man. <laughs> she must be very
0: good, right? And uh, yeah, honestly, this version is. Very good in my opinion
2: yeah it's much more I mean you already said it like much more theatrical kind of hmm she obviously has experience on Broadway as well as television and film and like yeah. just like pop music um, but this one yeah has more of a more of a dramatic feeling and it feels more you said the original or the carpenters rather is. Mm-hmm. Like kind of more of a soliloquy, but this is even more of a soliloquy.
0: Yes, because she even does these these small lyrical changes that actually like really, really change what is happening. Hmm. Such and, as um switching from you to him in the second verse.
2: Interesting.
0: That's and it's such a small change, but it kind of like makes her feel a little bit smaller. It's like. Because she's no longer addressing this, this other person, but she is now just sitting with her thoughts and being like, what do I do to get him back? And it's, mm-hmm. so there's less fire in it because she's no yeah, longer addressing the person. And I guess also person.
2: maybe feels more like addressing an audience in some way. Yeah. In terms of the theatricalness.
0: You could see her on a stage going to an audience member and, and delivering the line that way. So yeah, it adds a bit of life into it, which I didn't expect from such a small change.
2: Yeah, that's interesting.
0: Uh, but yeah, piano and vocals predominantly here.
2: At least at the start.
0: At the start. We get drum and bass coming in for the chorus, a little bit of guitar there. And of course, the piano goes from less of like a jazzy blues like sadness to just bigger chords in the, the chorus. Those are your big differences.
2: Yeah, I wrote down something about a harp. Is there a harp in this one, or I, wrong?
0: Yeah, there's strings for sure. Um, I wouldn't be surprised to see a harp. You know, it's it's a different kind of softness from the Carpenter version.
2: Yeah, and feels it it, it ends up feeling more personal, or because mm-hmm. it's really just like her.
3: Yes, and it's long
0: as
2: shit too. This one's like six minutes, five minutes. It is, it's five twelve. <laughs> um. Why is it so long? You know what this one also reminds me of is some of the old Bond songs, but I feel like it's more that they share a style. Yeah, I can see like that for sure. Copping that. Um, because a lot of those are solo and involve this sort of a band setup.
0: Yeah, it is very similar.
2: Yeah. Just
0: needs a, a surf rock chord in there.
2: And the way <sighs> she sings loneliness at the start of the second chorus.
0: Oh, yeah. She really like stretches that out, doesn't she?
2: Yeah. Anyway, uh, you know who has a Bond song? Rita Coolidge.
0: Rita Coolidge, that's anyway. correct. For Octopussy.
2: <laughs> that is true. That is true. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> um, Bette Midler, Bette Midler.
0: Bette Midler. You're right, even in that chorus, like the way it's played has, has a slight cinema edge to it. There's like a little drive to it with the, the guitar stings that would play in, like I think, movies of that time, of the 70s era, yeah.
2: or even the Bond really? style of yeah. film. Okay, here we go. Hit me with She it. repeats the second verse. That's why it's longer. That's why it's longer. Um, she also, I mean, she has quite an expressive voice. Yes. Um, as much as Karen Carpenter's voice sounds nice, I feel like Bette Midler's is much more versatile. Yes. Um, and she can really get, she has a bit more like a rasp on uh, in the second repetition of the second verse.
0: Mm. And it just
2: really like feels more desperate.
0: Yeah, because it's a bit of a breakdown there too, as much as you can have in this song, right?
2: Yeah. Yeah, it's a lot slower. And it goes well, it goes back to the start, like piano, Because like, like they build up for the chorus and then the second verse, right, but then sticks, they're yeah. They're like, well, we gotta do another like low down soft second verse, like verse. So it goes back into that.
0: Yeah. It's uh it, it's a, yeah, so it's a great use of her, her expressive vocals. She finds layers of sadness and and energy and she she goes through it all. Like it's it's good theater. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah, he called me baby. So she's like, yeah, she's now either talking to herself or talking to other people. It is very good. I was like, I was pretty blown (laughs) away once this one stopped. I was like, fuck, this is for being a song about a groupie that is maybe a little tongue in cheek in the original to come to this in such a short period of time is pretty impressive. I think.
2: Yeah. Yeah. feels very, very personal. Do you know? Cause she performed this. Like and that inspired the Carpenters to record. Yes, right? but this recording is from after the Carpenters one. Do you know if this is just that recording from the special released, or if, or if um, I'm so unsure? You recorded it again
0: because it, it was on the Johnny Carson show specifically, and I'm like looking on YouTube. I find the Burnt Bacharach special. Yes,
2: yeah, from, from but yeah, 19- but that's 73. like seventy three. Yeah.
0: Yeah, um, it doesn't seem to be available
3: on YouTube from what I can find.
1: Hmm.
2: Yeah, but speaking of that, I mean, it's not really a music video, but basically she just sits in a room, and there's a window, and she's got, like, moonlight on her. Does yeah, this think- is the Burt Bacharach special? The Burt Bacharach special. That's what that happens in that video. Now, I know Burt Bacharach's
0: name, because it's fun to say. Who is,
2: who is he? Um, is he just uh, like a, a guy artist? on the scene? I think so. Like, the only reason I really know the name is um, Austin Powers. Right.
0: Um, he's a composer, songwriter, record producer, and pianist. Composed hundreds of songs from the late 50s through to the 80s. Uh, okay, yeah, yeah, yeah. He's worked with Dionne Warwick, um,
2: Marty Robbins, Perry Yeah. Coma. I don't really.
0: See, he, Dusty Springfield, who we've talked about before, the Carpenters. So, yeah, he's he's on the fucking scene here. Burt Bacharach. Born in Kansas City, Missouri.
2: <laughs> yeah, keep listening facts.
0: <laughs> he, he was in the military, uh, United States Army in 1950 and served yeah. for two years. Good stuff. Good stuff. Um, yeah, There's
2: yeah, a yeah. song on this Carpenters album that's just mm-hmm. called Carpenters from 1971 that has um, Superstar on it. And it's called Bacharach slash David Medley, colon, knowing when to leave, slash, make it easy on yourself, slash, there's always something there to remind me, slash, I'll never fall in love again, slash, walk on by, slash, do you know the way, San Jose. So it's a medley? Or it yeah, it's a medley. they just couldn't lock down a title for this song? That's uh, It is a medley. Okay. It's a Bacharach slash David Medley. Anyway. Ah, uh, I see. I, see. I understand that. I mention that. Um, but yeah, I think that's all I have to say about uh, Bette Midler.
0: Yeah, Bette Midler. Um... Yeah, I thought it was very impressive. Uh, Sonic Youth Alex 1994. do you coming
1: back this way, yeah, Baby, 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 baby,
2: oh, baby, Sonic Youth, yeah, we're jumping from Jumpin'. 72 to 94. Yeah, these What's your relationship with Sonic Youth? With
0: Sonic Youth. I heard them first on rock band. I was like, these guys are no good. <laughs> and I don't What's their like song
2: them. in Rock Band?
0: Um, it's Cool Thing. K O O L thing. Cool Thing. And I was just like, I didn't get it. And then I heard years later the song Teenage Riot, which is like seven minutes long and kicks ass. And okay. then I've listened to some. They have some good songs. I'm, I'm a little bit 50 50 on them. We've talked about the uh, guitarist and lead male vocals, uh, Thurston Moore. On uh, the uh, I'll Be Your Mirror episode, his cover right. of Heroin. Right. Um, this is very interesting, though, because apparently there's a few things going on here. This featured in the 2007 film Juno. Um, it also featured in the film The Frighteners. And first, we should talk about what this album It's on a 1994 tribute album called If I Were a Carpenter. And apparently, specifically, a bassist and vocalist Kim Gordon has like a mad interest in Karen Carpenter. She says, Karen Carpenter had interested me for a long time. Uh, The Carpenters were such a sun-drenched American dream, such a feel-good family success story like the Beach Boys, but with the same rolling darkness going on underneath. Um, Obviously, Karen Carpenter had a strange relationship with her brother Richard, a great producer, but also a tyrannical control freak. The only autonomy Karen felt she had in her life, she accepted over her own body. She was an extreme version of what a lot of women suffer from, a lack of control over things other than their bodies, which turns the female body into a tool for power, good, bad, or ugly. She says, I always found Karen's voice incredibly sexy and soulful. She made every word and syllable her own. And if you listen to those lyrics, you go, wow. But at the same time, and I've read this bit before, was there any band ever more, ever more white bread than the Carpenters? Uh. So yeah, just this intense analysis of Karen Carpenter as like a vocalist and as a person from Kim Gordon. Um, they have a song I haven't listened to, but it's called Tunic, bracket song for Karen. So there's a Sonic Youth song specifically dedicated to Karen Carpenter and this version of the song has been heard by Richard Carpenter who on an episode of NPR's Fresh Air said he didn't like this he says <laughs> he says quote at least when it comes to something like this I'll say I don't care for it but I don't understand it so I'm not going to say it's good or it's bad I'm just going to say I don't care for it
2: yeah. <laughs> do you know when that was when he said that
0: oh uh, that was uh fuck I would have to find the the date for the episode let me see here
2: i just i don't know i feel like a lot of that stuff would have happened like In the 90s or maybe the early 2000s? Well, they mentioned Juno
0: in the interview, so it has to be post-2007.
2: Okay. It's probably around there.
0: Yeah, I don't know. I'm seeing the date of 2015 here. November 27th, 2015. There. Originally broadcast November 2009. There you go. Ah so yeah that's so 15 years after this release richard carpenter is like i don't fucking like this yeah and i found that out not into
2: like noise rock
0: yeah clearly
2: which is what you might refer to sonic youth as
0: yeah he also like stands up for his like white bread style of music he's like some people think that you guys are just this like all american like like etc but he's almost exactly what kim gordon described but different words and he's like people think that are stupid
2: (laughs) don't you know we did that one like reggae song like okay okay richard (laughs) richard the interview's over now
0: get out (laughs) but yeah Uh, we get this noise rock and truly like good noise rock because we talked about a a cover of sorrow last week that was like noise alongside rock this is uh, noise rock
2: noise rock
0: and this it is, is this is like it's this version is like gross. It's a bit dirty. It's a bit like it's a bit heroin inspired. I feel it's like a it's like a very dark groupie because you get this lifeless voice from Thurston Moore.
2: Yeah, really, like even tone and like filtered out. Yeah, kind of distant yeah. sounding
1: guitar.
2: Yeah. This sounds so
0: clear and good. It's even sadder because there's all this noise going on, and he's like, your guitar sounds really great when all we hear is like this static and shit. It's like this person has completely (laughs) lost touch with reality.
2: Yeah. Yeah, it's very something. It's something. Descriptor.
0: It is Uh, a descriptor, Alex. (laughs) That's what we have you on for, is these (laughs) these
2: incredible insights. (laughs) Um What else is going on? There is, like, a not noisy level to it, though. Yes. Because there's acoustic guitars going on that are largely unaltered. Sometimes Mm -hmm. they have, like, some tape effects on them, maybe, like, some minor speed changes or something like that. Yeah. But, like, so, like, it's mostly that strumming and drumming, and, like, Mm -hmm. that part is, like, fairly straightforward, but then there's a lot of other distorted stuff in the background and, like, noise.
0: Yeah, this, like, ambiance static that, like, starts off the song, fades out for the strum and drum, and then starts to come back drum in drum. throughout the verse.
2: Good old-fashioned strum and drum. It's
3: a, it's a classic strum and drum song, really.
2: Yeah. And then, of course, the chorus. Big breakout. Lots mm-hmm. of sounds. So much noise. They're making so yeah, many sounds. These, like,
0: synth lasers and things. Like, yeah. yeah.
2: Shooting lasers. Um lots of high distorted notes. Yeah. On the that old big like
0: heavy piano note that takes you in, that like playing too they low on the
2: piano They do that low piano mm-hmm. the version.
0: Yeah.
2: Uh, so that's cool. And then some of the higher other piano stuff too.
0: Yeah. And they keep that, that little that little key riff too on the chorus. Ta-na, 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 ta-na. Oh.
2: So they kind of have so that's kind of two sections, so mm-hmm. they have like the the strum and drum and then the breakout that they do in the chorus, and then there's kind of a third part that's like a transition, yeah, um where like my the time stamp I have on it is one forty this it's like a low simmer so like you can hear the guitar picking mm-hmm. the melody and everything feels very tight it's very tense and then there's the other like yeah this, like, sound like
0: scratching happening. like static yeah. this noise dog. this noise rock
2: so like the feeling is is very different you know mm-hmm. like whereas the last two both had a similar feeling of just being like somewhat resigned and like it's like a big sigh yes this one feels very like uptight and like they're just totally stuck thinking about this and like can't relax yeah it's like the burnout
0: version in some way it's the like burnout
2: version it was the
0: 90s it was the 90s so yeah it's just like like you've just been hollowed out and this is what's left right
2: yeah and it just but it but it won't leave yeah, it's still making noise.
0: It stay, and yeah,
3: the shifts in noise kind of help paint what is otherwise a very monotone performance. Um, yeah, it's Which a, it, yeah feeds
2: into the to the feeling of the song.
3: Yeah, so it is like it's a
0: it's a brave different take. I think, I think, I think it's pretty solid. It's
2: a, it's an interesting and effective take. That's for sure. Yeah.
3: Um, Alex, I didn't ask you about your feelings on Sonic Youth. <laughs> I
2: don't. I don't listen to Sonic Youth. That's fair. I don't have many strong feelings about Sonic Youth. Um,
0: not a big cool thing fan.
2: No, I forgot it was even in rock band.
0: Yeah, it's fair because we probably never. I'm played not opposed.
2: It. I'm not opposed to noise rock. Um, I've I've never dug into them, so I don't. Fair know. enough.
0: I'd say check out Teenage Riot at the very least.
2: That's a good. I song. will. You did say it rips. It, it and does. I do have seven minutes to spare. You got you got seven <laughs>
0: minutes, brother. Hey. Put it on. So yeah, back to this, you know, we get the buildup of more distortion in the next chorus, more strange noises, the lasers are firing off.
2: So and, many lasers, man.
0: Yeah, new back static, like it's, it's all, like, construction-wise, we're hitting the same, like, design principles. Go big on chorus, go bigger on second chorus.
2: Yeah. <laughs> Fade like out. New, new pieces. Mm-hmm and yeah you fade
0: out on static which yeah is i think a good choice for this version
2: it's it's the same as kind of what the other ones do with they like get low and then fade out
0: yeah exactly and this one gets low with static checks there's, out yeah
2: and there's still a, a background level of static which kind of fits with what we were saying before about feeling that static feeling inside your mind not yeah it's like forget. it's like
0: having thoughts that won't leave it's about being yeah. stuck in a place so it's no, I think it's a tight version. I think Richard Carpenter is a fool for not being able to see the merit in this. Um, <laughs> but hey, who am I? He's to say? Uh,
2: yeah. It's past his time.
0: Yeah, it is. But there is a music video for this. Interestingly enough,
2: yeah.
0: Um, and it takes place at least in the beginning in the hometown of the Carpenters, Downey.
2: Downey. Does it say state? I can't remember. No, it doesn't. <laughs> I don't know where that is. Home of the Carpenters. Hopefully, if you're here, you
3: know what state you're in. California. Damn. Oh, California. That makes sense.
2: Yes, it's very sunny.
3: Yeah. And so
0: this is, like, part, like...
2: Oh, man, the home of the oldest operating McDonald's restaurant in the world. No anyway, way. Um... And they
0: lead with the carpenter's bit on the sign? <laughs> Embarrassing.
2: Yeah. <laughs> um, and it's just the band in a truck bed.
0: Yeah, just driving down the street.
2: Yeah. Uh, it feels, I mean, especially the beginning, feels very much like specifically a, a tribute to Karen Carpenter.
0: Yeah, because we get, then it goes from that to shots of Karen. Yeah. Just like superimposed over the stage. We're going to see uh, Sonic Youth playing the song.
2: In a very similar style to the Carpenter's video. Yeah, biggest difference, about. Blue Curtain. <laughs> blue curtain instead of red curtain completely different yeah but yeah similar setup obviously but it's sonic youth now
0: yeah powerful light on that mic that makes it look like a gold mic
2: very shiny yeah
0: very shiny um interesting in this is you get kim gordon both playing the the bass guitar she's a bassist and then we get shots of her playing the drums as well
3: we do. I, th- I think
0: also as a part of the, like the Karen tribute, because Karen was the drummer originally,
3: right? Yeah,
2: or I mean, she did play drums. I don't know yeah. how often she played drums on the particularly the later recordings, but mm-hmm. she definitely did play drums.
0: So yeah, we get a lot of the same like close-up shots of the guy singing, close-up shots of Kim Gordon. We eventually get superimposed footage of that Carpenters video we talked about over top. So you see her singing in her, her dress and thing. It's yeah, like there's also footage the of
2: just Karen playing the drums, which yeah, was not Karen. from that video. No, Probably. I yeah. don't know what it was from.
0: This is like a weird Karen like fan tribute video.
2: Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> That's what it is, pretty much. Yeah. Um, worth noting
0: the guitar played by the guitarist, not by Kim Gordon, but the other guy, is like
3: see-through, except for the pick guard.
2: Yeah, which is cool. Very it's like cool. Like acrylic or something. Yeah. Just like an, yeah, and then at the end it shows them in uh, back in the in Downey again. Downey, yeah. And it says something on a have a cardboard. nice board.
0: Who knows what
2: life? Perhaps <laughs> it's covered up by the choose the next video. Yeah, fucking I fucking
0: hate that choose the next video thing. Why can't I close it? There should be like a disable or like There's rearrange it to get it the fuck out of my way. I don't know why I've never looked for it. I just assume YouTube wouldn't let me enjoy
2: things. I don't know, man.
0: But yeah, there you have it. Sonic Youth hitting us with bizarro energy on what is otherwise like a popular ballad track.
2: Yeah. Yeah. Thank you, Sonic Youth. Sonic Youth.
0: But something sticks with them because then in 1997, we get Miki Nakatani. A Japanese actress and singer, a former member of the girl group Sakurako Club, and uh, then part of the duo Key West Club. She then relaunches her solo music career under the guidance of Ryuichi Sakamoto, who's a member of Yellow Magic Orchestra, who I believe we've also talked about, but I cannot remember when.
2: Honestly, I don't remember. I I heard this name recently because Mm -hmm. he released an album, like, a week ago. Okay. And... It was just in a list of re- like released albums I was looking up for my playlist right for your, your of songs from playlist. this year. Um So I was, I was like, "Hey, I know that name," <laughs> but like, I don't know his music or anything. I just yeah, it's to an, see it recently.
0: it's a name I've seen come up a few times. Yellow Magic Orchestra.
2: Yeah, I think there are definitely like some Jap- Japanese bands that just throw orchestra on the end. Yes, even though they're not an orchestra, is that a thing? Is Who's going to stop them, trend? Right? I don't know. I don't know. <laughs> Um, all of, she also, back <laughs> talking about Miki Nakatani, uh, plays my Takano in The Ring. Oh, hey, does that mean anything? I haven't seen The Ring or Ring, I guess it's like Ringu. I guess or Ring, whatever.
0: Ringu, yeah. But, no, I haven't uh, seen The Ring, so I don't she's know. She's in it, I guess. I've seen Lord of the Rings,
2: it's basically the same thing. It's, okay, yeah, it's the Arwen, it's the Arwen rule.
0: Oh, okay, yeah, uh, yeah, 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 cool, <laughs> right on. <laughs> uh,
2: yeah, um.
3: This version. What's up with
2: this one? Okay, so this album is called Cure. Is yes. it supposed to be like The Cure? Because this is kind of gothic.
3: It is a
0: bit
2: gothic. Yeah, and like like gothic, like industrial.
0: Yeah. It's kind um, of the
2: vibe on this one.
0: Unfortunately, a lot of the names on this are in Japanese. Yeah,
2: it's hard to tell. It's not like it's a, an al- yeah. a cover album of The Cure or anything. But, yeah, uh, no, certainly is, not. But it's that got was the cure what vibes. I thought of. But I don't know. Maybe it's just called Cure for fun.
0: It could just be called Cure. It's all lower cases, too, so that's a big move.
2: But yeah, it was the '90s, and this is like dark '90s, like electronic, basically, right? Yeah, essentially.
3: We um, set up like this, a loop. Like, it feels
2: more industrial. Like mm-hmm. uh, it's got this like really plodding rhythm. Um, yeah, and of course, a bit it's of all like electronic.
0: around it. It's all electronic yeah. with like kind of yeah, crunchy, distorted edges. She
2: even I mean, the interesting uh part there especially once her vocals come in like her voice is very clear Mm -hmm. but there's like they put effects on it to like break it up a little bit so it like the actual singing sounds very clear but then everything around it starts to break up which is kind of cool um and it's very like close mic you can really hear like small breaths and like little clicks and things like that yeah but then it gets distorted a bit so it's cool sound yeah, it is a cool sound. I think it goes on a bit long for my taste at five and a half minutes. It is long. Um, I it kind of gets like hypnotic, mm-hmm. especially with that beat. So like, if you kind of like yeah, let if it you're carry just throwing you this away, on for
0: a casual listen for sure.
2: Yeah, it kind of uh, kind of works there. I thought. Um, yeah, and I'd there's buy a that. lot of sounds, so like it does kind of progress definitely um, throughout and later on. It kind of. Well I was thinking I guess of the solo. There's a guitar solo in it. Yeah. Uh, which still feels very sparse, but then once once you get kind of to the end of it, it feels very much like it's like something like boiling over. Like this is like low frequency sound.
0: Yeah, it's interesting because yeah. the guitar first Show the shows stand. up at around like one ten. And it's very low in the mix and you can almost miss it. Cause it just kind of sounds like somebody idly picking it up and then like plucking two strings and being like I don't know how to
2: play guitar. I'm like putting it back down. <laughs> yeah. And with the like, it like kind of sounds like it just be like a short synth something Mm-hmm. because it doesn't, Yeah. You know. Yeah. It's
0: uh, it's an interesting one in, in it's like stressed machinery noises on the track here. Like,
2: yeah. Some like beeps. And I mean, there's a lot of that synth work and stuff. There's yeah. uh, a really like glassy kind of drone. Yes. Um, Throughout most of it, I think. And then there's even more glassy sounds at the end and like feedback and stuff. Yeah. This weird clicking sound that goes back and forth between your between the speakers. Yeah, that pans. Yeah. Like very rapidly.
0: It's like taking out the rock from noise rock
3: and but then just keeping the noise, you know?
2: Yeah. Okay. Yeah. I'm gonna stick with dark, electronic, industrial slash oh that took so like just as long to say i thought it was going to be <laughs> concise gothic uh, that's the other one gothic
0: industrial gothic industrial let's call gothic. it cuz i think gothic implies dark to an True. extent anyway. you
2: don't have to say dark or electronic necessarily yeah you could say not electronic. these days anyway um yeah but no it does it does have some noise like the sonic youth version but kind of less it's it's it has more like space
0: yeah it's much more like focused and more like
3: orally pleasing. It's a lot safer, I would say.
2: I guess. I don't know if it was safer in 1997, necessarily. But maybe. But maybe. it's 97. You know, we had like that one David Bowie album. (laughs) Yeah.
3: (laughs) That existed. Tin Machine was out, so
0: people were were ready to embrace these new sounds.
2: Yeah. Um yeah
0: yeah I don't have a because like a lot of it is like a the kind of just a loop of like that drone, the easy drums, and then you layer in extra sounds yeah extra here stuff, and there.
2: like phone there's like discordant phone sound, like a phone tone sound phone tone and like really crunchy distorted guitar. there's like a muted guitar later, which might actually be drums yeah, uh, and then they add more like echo later on. maybe this kind of version's
0: like, about the like big. the internet and like phones S- in the 90s.
2: So it's, like, it's about trying to communicate, but now communication is broader, but it's yeah, still not working.
0: It's that isolation in, in the digital world.
2: Yeah, maybe. I don't know how widespread internet usage was in Japan in nineteen ninety seven. Nineteen
0: ninety seven? Probably pretty widespread. Listen, bro, I was four years old and downloading pictures of Pokemon, I'm pretty sure.
3: I'm sure <sighs> sure they were doing the same thing in Japan.
2: They would have had Pokemon even earlier.
3: They would have had exactly.
2: That's true. And uh, that's where mobile phones really broke out I don't know when though
0: I don't know, I don't know where they were keeping them there, but they broke out
2: They broke out <laughs> <laughs> Yeah
0: And we're about to break out of talking about this one, unless you got anything else to say Nope and we're gonna break into Joshua James and Risa James In 2020 Do
1: you remember when you told me you loved my baby Said you coming back This way again, baby Baby,
2: baby, 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 oh baby. Yeah, so do you think this is Joshua James, the folk singer, or Joshua James, the lifesaver? Um, probably the second one, right? Yeah. Makes yeah. more sense. This saved my life. Yeah. Um, anyway, um, yeah, I just noticed that there was another Wikipedia page. Another, another uh, Joshua James. He's so- the folk singer, yeah. obviously. Um, also, Googling this guy, or looking this guy up, I was seeing if there was a music video on YouTube. Right. Uh, just showed Jesus Christ Superstar.
0: Yeah, that's what like, I got yeah. a lot of with this. Superstar
2: Joshua is like,
0: Joshua. Like I get it, Jesus Christ superstar. I'm like, okay, yeah. Somebody trying to find Jesus Christ superstar, but they forget Jesus' name, so they just, they just they're like, well, yeah, it's
2: Yeshua. <laughs> uh, yeah, Yeshua. Uh, what's the English version of that? The version? I don't know. It's
0: <laughs> Joshua Superstar.
2: <laughs> this is. Jo- I don't know who Risa James is. Uh, his mother his mother okay
0: what does she do on this track i don't fucking
2: know yeah no idea maybe some stuff at the end i like
0: i couldn't it mostly sounded like his backup vocals it did sounded like a lot of multi-layering she plays the piano yeah she must play piano he plays piano apparently
2: oh maybe she taught him yeah (laughs) i don't know man but what's she's going credited. On? She's
0: on the cover of this album. It's called Jeez. Dreams of Karen. They do Carpenter covers. They um, do what's Carpenter covers?
2: Yeah. But the weird thing about this one is the way they sing the the chorus is more like the Delaney and Bonnie version.
0: Yeah, slash just like modern pop.
2: Yeah, I guess so. Because this one definitely, like, it's called folk singer. I would call it like pop folk.
0: Yeah, for sure, for
2: sure. Because it's very like poppy in like terms of its structure and what they do. This one starts with a chorus. Yes. And it's a different chorus. Yes. So he's got his own chorus, and then his own other, like, hook section I don't want
0: to know but too bad.
2: Yeah. So it's got some of that stuff. So it's very, like... I mean, there's a lot of emphasis on those sections. I would say, you too know, it, it's too much? Maybe <sighs> too much. But I was just like... It's it's very confident because it's very much like uh, like focusing on the stuff he added to what is yeah like yeah you a heard a superstar song.
0: let me fix that one up for yeah, you I'm I'll Joshua James me and yeah. my mom are gonna fucking
2: fix this track <laughs> my mommy told me I can no. um, yeah so he's got different chorus where he says uh, don't you remember you told me love me baby don't you remember when you asked me to take your hand yeah so that's kind of his own chorus he adds. Um, is and that a then, bit of? Is this a
0: bit of booblaying, Do you think is he trying to mask this song up, make it a little tougher? Make it a little tougher? Uh,
2: hmm, possibly. Oh, Will told me. Okay, so because Will knows things about cars. I uh, shot at Will. He, we talked about how um, when we were talking about Michael Buble. Uh, on Santa Baby, he mm-hmm. talks about like the steel blue car specifically. Mm-hmm. Apparently, that was just really specific, and now I'm forgetting the car model, but really specific color of one car model. Okay. And I'm like totally blanking on it. But why did he need Let's to change the a-
0: car model at all? It was already an old car. I don't know, man. Like, good for him for knowing specific models one. of cars and the colors they come in, both blue and will. But yeah, <laughs> I don't think it changes the fact of that line.
2: Yeah. No, 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 definitely not. But that anyway, is cool. Just a right fact. On.
0: Shout out to Boyd. Will. Shout out um, to Will. But let's talk more about Yeshua James here.
2: Yes. Old Shua. Jesus
0: James himself.
2: Jesus James himself. <laughs> um, so the basic uh, thing in this one is this: like it's it's a a beat basically, right? It's yeah. Got this, we got like hand guitar, claps. Like, Picks guitar
0: lip boom, with ba-ding. some like clapping
2: Skidum, rhythm.
0: That's what a guitar sounds like. Um, he's got this kind of, like, scratchy rindy vocal.
2: Rindy. You you me me, yeah, that's why this is called folk music at all, probably.
0: Yeah, exactly. Otherwise, yeah, it is just pop. Acoustic pop.
2: Yeah. <laughs> um and
0: your guitar. Sorry, I'm... Uh- I didn't like this version if that's not coming no. through.
2: No, I got that. I got that. Um, and uh, yeah, so that hook section. Yes. Because uh, I don't want nobody but your body.
0: Yeah. Oh, but your body. That's what he said. I think it's his body. Yeah. That may- I thought he said nobody but you, bud. I like, <laughs> <laughs> okay. You, buddy. Okay, hey, buddy. Um... <laughs> so we're resexualizing with this one as
3: well. Yeah. Does he say sleep with you though? He can't. His mom's uh, on the track.
2: His mom's on the track. I don't, <laughs> I, don't I don't I didn't check.
0: That's coming up for me, uh we'll see. Uh but yeah, it's pretty simply built. It's built for for pop purses, purse purposes. No, he says to be with you.
2: Huh. So it is a carpenter's cover. That's a carpenter's cover. Even carpenters. though he does that thing. Um What else happens? I don't know. His uh, mom's playing. His mom's something. something. Maybe she's a classical guitar player or something. Maybe she plays she's drums. Like I, don't <laughs> I don't know. I don't know. It's not really classical guitar, but it's like picked.
0: Yeah, it's, it's got a bit of that sound to it. Yeah. You know?
2: Could picked. Be, for all I know. Um, so that is what I would say about this one. It yeah. is definitely confident.
0: It's confident for sure. And like you said, Alex, when you're like, I, I know this song because I know the chorus. This guy took the one thing that you know I was like, what if it was completely different? What so, how, like, what effect does that have? Were you like, oh, oh, this is great? Or were you just like, it's different? Seems like you're in the, it's different. Yeah, it's confident, but you didn't say it's good.
2: Yeah. I, I thought it was decent. I, I, I did kind of like, I didn't think the changes were amazing, but I, I do obviously, maybe not obviously, um, but I do respect that he's like trying something different and that he's not like hiding it behind yeah. the original. But that's uh, fair. I don't know how I feel about "I don't want nobody but your body." Yeah, in the middle of the song, "Superstar."
0: Such like a dance line, like
2: <laughs> yeah, it does feel like that kind of. Well, I, not so much. And at what point
0: do you just need to make a different song, brother? Like,
2: I don't know. It feels more like a sample, kind of. Yeah, which is something that I, as I understand, was like in the last year or so of. Of songs, and this is from 2020, so like mm-hmm. recent enough. Um, there have been a lot of like very sample focused songs, songs that are like very much built around a sample that is very obviously like a very popular sample from another song.
0: Right. Well, that's Elton John's new technique, right? We talked about that Rex. with uh, with Rocketman. Elton Man. John
2: did that there's as that, well as he's got that like Britney Spears I'm one blue. now. Yeah. One and a couple others. Do you think
0: he's got Where's the Shoe Raw in there too?
2: (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, I mean, we'll have to dig.
0: Yeah, I'll have to to take a look. There's no doubt we'll probably talk about it at some point. But right now, Alex, we're going to talk about tennis in 2020.
1: Don't you remember?
2: Yeah, tennis. These you you tell us about tennis. these, these fucks. These um, fucks. They're American
0: indie pop husband and wife duo. Uh, Elena Moore and Patrick Riley. Moore does all of, like the singing. Patrick Riley does all of your instrumenting. So we already the last one was a mother and son duo. Now we got another husband and wife. Like back, to husband this, and wife. This is a family band song. This man. is a family song. <laughs> this ultimately. is a song about family. Damn it. Yeah. Um yeah I really like these guys. I heard about them from Matt Barry uh famous British actor and uh, musician.
2: And musician.
0: So that's how the Brits do thing if you're an actor you're like, well I might as well be a musician too. Yeah. And he's a comedian. I don't know. He's like does sketch comedy. I don't think he's he does like stand up or anything. He does a lot of stuff. He's got big fan comms. of him. He's yeah. got albums. I'm a big fan of these two cuz they make some pretty killer music. In my opinion, yeah, and I would say this cover is no different. They were
2: on your uh, top top yeah, songs. Or they were albums? my most
0: listened to artist and three of my I think top five listened to songs. Right.
2: So there you go, but not this song.
3: No, not this song. Um, this
2: version. Hmm. I would say yes. Also, puts this into more of a pop territory for sure. Uh, but definitely with a much more like synth focus mm-hmm. than the than Joshua James. Yeah, it's and less
0: top forty focused. If I can, I could suggest that perhaps. Because like Joshie Josh Boys Bridge, I don't want nobody but somebody. Is, you can hear that same thing, and you go to the top forty right now, Alex. It's it's in every track. <laughs> They're saying that same.
2: Yeah, thing. it's very. Um, fucking, what's his nuts?
0: What's his nuts? Oh how, my
2: gosh! How what Alex identifies people. <laughs> but let me just remember. Let me, let me feel those uh, up there. Ed Sheeran is who I'm thinking. Of.
0: Yeah. That and so and that's because we talk about pop, and there is like pop as a genre, and there's pop as in what's popular.
2: Yeah, and this, the line
0: between them kind of yeah, blurs.
2: Kind of blurs often for me as well, and it's hard to differentiate what means what. And I mean. I was looking at Power Pop not too long ago, and the wild thing about Power Pop is, like, most Power Pop bands, not that popular. (laughs) Like, weird. (laughs) Too much power, Um, not enough pop. Yeah, I guess so. When
0: people Um, fear you and your strength, you can't be popular.
2: But this is, this kind of, it feels like they're going for more of a dance thing. I mean, if you look at their picture on the front, they look like they're out of, like, a late 80s movie. I mean, it reminds me of... Dirty dancing, kind of. Yeah, for sure. Mostly her hair, but
0: yeah, her hair's like that. I think all the time from what I've seen, she just got curly yeah. hair. And I, it's, the, yeah, it's yeah. a bit of like old. Fa- it's very clearly meant to look old-fashioned, and yeah, I guess mm-hmm. maybe it's an '80s tribute. I wondered if it was more specifically like a Carpenters tribute. If there's a oh, shot maybe. of them similar to that, but yeah, you're right. This is old flavor, and even if you go to their uh, Spotify description, they describe themselves as a swooning 50s pop melancholy with smooth and easy 70s soft rock.
2: Yeah, and a lot of synthesizers. And a
3: lot of synthesizers.
2: And, uh... This version also has a lot of, like, detuned things, so you get, like, tape effects that sound yes. like things being it's changed It's rich with, like, synth and, and effects. And, like, echo and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. Um, and a And it feels a lot more, like, danceable, too, because there's a lot more of, the, like, a beat... Yeah, on. you got
0: a groovy bass on this. Um, like, there's a synth that's really hitting, like, do, the do dance do, notes. Do, do, do,
2: do, do.
0: And pretty solid, like, one and three hits from the drum there.
2: Yeah. <laughs> also, I think there's a bass, synth bass, and, like, a... You are correct, Alex. Sort of a guitar buzzy guitar. synth bass. Yeah. I called it farty, but whatever.
0: Yeah, what is a fart if not a buzz? What is of a the fart behind? if not
2: just a low buzz? Uh... <laughs> um, And, yeah, yeah synths so just...
0: Come layering in on this one, you get
2: coming in all over the place. Uh, the other thing they have that's a little poppy is uh, they seem to have put like a middle eight section in. I didn't count, oh, yeah, added, like a middle section, it's about 150. Yeah, and she kind of
0: ad libs the second verse in there. she says, yeah. I can hardly wait to be with you again.
2: Yeah, as synth, of- yeah, so there's a lot of that, lots of lots of synths.
0: Yes, and I like they're distinct. You get to hear them all. I think I love the synth sounds on this. I don't know about you, Alex. Yeah, but they're cool. It's they're nice to, to have cool.
2: that. It's it's busy, but like you said, like there's they're, they're separate. Yes, distinct.
0: And like with all of these effects and and synthiness going on, she has a very clean vocal cut. It's not heavily uh, altered.
2: Yeah, everything. I guess the production is good. I guess that's what that means. Yeah,
0: solid production.
2: Um. And it's also cool. She redoes the oh yeah it, the chorus at the end mm-hmm. gets a repeat, and she kind of goes into a higher register for the second one. Yeah, which I thought was cool.
0: Yeah, it's like it's pop sensibility. Like it's very like yeah, like you said, well produced. Um, I think she's a great singer too. I'm, obviously, I'm biased. I like this band, but yeah, I think it's a pretty pretty tight cover. Yeah, it was cool. It's almost like an update in a strange way of the Carpenters.
2: In yeah, in like a like a decade at least later and like much more synthesizer focused. Yeah.
0: I'm reminded now of when I saw Brett McKenzie live, he's like, a lot of people ask me why this new album sounds like it's from the eighties. He's like, originally it kind of sounded like the 70s, but we wanted it to sound more modern. <laughs> that's a funny joke. <laughs> <laughs> uh... Um, I got nothing but positive things to say about this version. I think we've kind of hit it on the head. Should we move on to our final cover, Alex?
2: Yeah, let's talk about them. Holy Motors
0: holy in 2022.
2: Motors. Yeah, is that a phrase? Is that, does that mean something? It's a to? film. Okay, I was just thinking of like Holy Rollers. Which oh, like isn't really the yeah. same thing. And I'm confused as to
0: whether it's and I like I didn't do enough research in it. So these guys are a dark twang and reverb band from Estonia.
2: From Estonia, yeah.
0: Um, and they claim that their name is from a non-existent movie, but it's a real movie. But I think maybe the title of the movie is referring to a movie within the movie. So it's like a fictional movie. It's very strange. It's like some art house shit. Um, I don't know what to make of that. I don't know what to make of that either. But that's where they got their name from. Dark twang, truly? I
2: thought they were just like a technological update on a holy roller. Like Maybe holy a holy roller, motors. So like Flintstone stuff, and this is just like modern.
0: Right, and you got a bit of that like Americana take in there. It's like, we love the automobile in America. Holy motors.
2: True. Motorcycle in the countryside or whatever. hmm Yeah, it's very much like that. Like you said, dark, what did you call it?
0: Dark twang, they dark called twang. themselves. And literally, yeah. that's like the first note of this, and also the last note. They it's have very... a good... Yeah, this... Yeah, it's
1: slow,
2: western, very cowboys, very yes. echoey, very, like, I guess, it's probably like slapback or something, mm-hmm. um, plus echo on top, and then they just do, it, they're like...
1: <laughs> yeah.
2: Although, that said, it's... Th- once they get into the... um like the singing Mm -hmm. there's like a guitar kind of following the vocal melody yes the way they bend is unusual it is or or bend and slide and stuff Mm -hmm. and it doesn't sound like like western music would i don't think it's like too fast
0: yeah even though it's a very slow song it's a very strange sound on it and yeah that is one thing in these guys favor is like sound for sound there is very interesting things going on like the twang is truly pretty cool and that boing, boing, boing that comes at the end of lines is, yeah, not, not your grandpa's twang. No. You get your kind of whispery, sad vocals on this.
2: Yep. Almost swallowed the, like, up by that guitar. side. Yeah. Sad cowboy.
0: Sad cowboy, for sure. Um, my big thing on this, though, is once they've gone through the first round of verse and chorus... We're out it of tricks. It basically just repeats, right? Yeah.
2: It literally sounds like it ends. Yeah. And then like there's a, a moment of like silence and
3: mm-hmm.
2: then it and then kind it picks of just back up. goes back into the second verse mm-hmm. and they do it again.
0: And truly, I think this version would be much better if they just ended it after the first chorus and did that, just did the ending like that.
2: That's kind of how I felt too. Because mm-hmm. I was like, oh yeah, I could end this now. And then they just did it again. Yeah, and because like, there's such, could have ended earlier. such weight
0: in that twang guitar yeah. that the fact that they pull it out an extra time, like, loses the punch when we actually hear it for the finish. It's a great yeah. opener, great closer. We don't need it in that middle part, so either cut it so that we just end at that middle part, just shy of the two-minute mark, or you need a different bridge into something verse else. two. Something yeah, else. you need yeah. something else.
2: There's a weird thing in this song Mm -hmm. I wanted to bring up. Don't know what it means, but in the chorus, I have a couple timestamps. 131 131. is one of them. It happens again. They do like a weird little melody between lines. They play this like. (laughs) Love
0: me, baby. Yeah, it's like a riff on the riff that plays there usually, but it is different
2: yeah and it feels like it feels too fast, almost.
0: -hmm yeah, like they're almost shoving too many notes in that period.
2: Yeah. and it's probably not supposed to be noticed necessarily. but um, God,
0: this is a noticing podcast. I, I don't know. we, do we
2: notice thing. I noticed it.
0: Yeah. hmm. Um, yeah, cut this one at the 155 Unusual. mark.
2: Yeah. it would be
0: stronger. It would be stronger. Um, now it's time for us to lay down some strong opinions, Alex, our final verdicts. the worst version. the best version. the best version. And okay, there, hmm. Alex, do you want to do the best family band or the version that would likely bring you back if you were the guitarist being referred to it as the topic of this song? Those are your two options for your wildcard category.
2: Oh my gosh! Can I cover them both? Sure,
0: yeah. Let's do both. <laughs> no,
2: I have no idea. Um, uh, Alex, worst version, both. what is it? Worst version, what is the worst version? You know, I know you didn't like Joshua James very much. I thought that was all right, and I don't want to probably holy motors i i feel like it overstated its welcome though i did like a lot of stuff about it but i feel like the fact that it's twice as long as it should be is a bit of a knock against it
0: yeah i think that's a fair point um i'm still gonna give it to joshua james because i think like what you called confidence i think is arrogance i mean it's such a fine line it's such a fine line and i think you've taken a classic and cheapened it it's like it's like cutting your drugs with you know something cheap. It's like, it doesn't make this better. Yeah, or you're putting flour in my cocaine? Get out of here. Can (laughs) we
2: get salmonella?
0: (laughs) Great, (laughs) so now I'm gonna have salmonella and not be as high. Thanks a lot, (laughs) Joshua James. Um, Yeah, no, worst version. Alex, what's the best version?
2: Fucking Joshua James. Um, (laughs) The best version. Oh, man. I liked a couple of them. There's some solid
0: takes here. Yeah.
2: Man, I think I got a I think, has, I, like, I think I got to give it to the Carpenters. You know, they're a cover. They did a lot with this, and, and I think they deserve it. That's,
0: that's a fair choice, Alex. I think the Carpenters are outclassed by so many people on this list. Um, I'm going to give it right. to Bette Midler, though.
2: They are outclassed, but <laughs> I'm, not, I'm nodding to them anyway.
0: Hey, give it to him. I think Bette Midler fucking knocks this one out of the park and was the version that after I listened to it, I was like, holy shit. Like, she, I think she brought the most out of this song. Well, maybe it's not the version I'm going to listen to the most. I think she she hits the hearts yeah, with it.
2: Her performance is very strong.
0: Yes. Alex, the uh, best family band. We've got Delaney and Bonnie, The Carpenters, Bette Midler, no, no, not Bette Midler, uh, Joshua James and Reese James, and Tennis.
2: And tennis. Um, And also at the same time, the one most likely to get me back as a guitarist?
0: Yes. You're the guitarist who slept with some groupie. Um, Let's assume it was all very above board. Nobody misled anyone really. It was just a beautiful one night and now they're sad. We don't want you to be a scumbag in this scenario, Alex.
2: (laughs) (laughs) Um, It's probably gotta be tennis then. Because you love those synths. Because of those synths, man.
0: You're like, damn, I didn't know she could play synth like this. Yeah, yeah. Uh, that would get me too. Obviously, I was gonna pick tennis. Yeah. Everybody knew this, but yeah,
2: <laughs> yeah. Gotta be tennis. Gotta be tennis. Gotta give him a nod. I'm
0: Nodding it's a good at him. Time. I'm looking at their name right now. I'm fucking nodding.
2: <laughs>
0: All right, and that's, that's our the sound final I make every verdict. time I nod, that's the
2: sound you make.
0: <laughs> <laughs> Never hear you nod very much, I guess. It's no, not I guess not I much of a nodder, never are you? I <laughs> on
2: the show before. Wow.
0: Wow. Um, cover me first here on episode 200 and something. <laughs> <laughs> uh, that does it for our main segment, though. Uh, be sure to rate. It. Tell us first. You know, you got a different opinion, similar opinion. You want to talk to us about one of the many different cover versions of this song? Hit us up on Twitter. Hashtag CoverMePod, at Jake the Cressy at some Alex Wise guys. Send us your comments, questions, concerns, suggestions for future episodes. You can also email those to us at CoverMePod at gmail.com. Be sure to rate and review us. we on Spotify, Stitcher, Google Podcasts, Apple Podcasts, your favorite podcasting app. Wherever podcasts are sold, we're there. Rate and review us. Tell your friends. You are the marketing team. Go out there. Spread the word. And, you know, be, be good to us. We would like that very much. That does it for today's episode of Cover Me. And as we always say on Cover Me cover me. It sounds so sweet and clear, but Snake's not really here. It's just the podcast.